Welcome to Series 2, Women on the Move, Behind Closed Doors podcast series. Hello, I am Donnie Walford, the founder and managing director of Behind Closed Doors. In today's episode, we are speaking with Ludwina. She is the CEO and founder of The Room Exchange, and she's also an abstract artist. Ladwina is a strategic thinker who is passionate about technology as well as disruptive market leadership. Ladwina, it's so good to have you here with us today. Thank you for agreeing to be our podcast guest. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, Donnie. I remember when I first met you, I think it might have been 2019 now at one of your events in Melbourne in the city. So It was. You're yeah. a personality to die for, darling. So it's Aww. so good to have you on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I've, I've loved meeting you. And then we had lunch again in the city some other time. So to actually get to this point is fantastic. Well, what we'd love to hear is what was the idea for the room exchange and how does it differ from, say, Airbnb? Yeah, well, the journey uh, started uh, about four years ago now. So the origin story, as with a lot of businesses, often changes as it moves along. So in a nutshell, the starting point for the room exchange was born out of the way that I was living at the time. So my eldest child left home and for any mother who's goes through that process where their first child leaves, you have that empty nest feeling. And then I did, interestingly, what a lot of people do and I listed it on Airbnb because I, I wanted to use the space because to me the space was wasted. And for the occasional time that I have family or friends come and stay, it was just, you know, you're paying rent or you're paying mortgage on an additional room. It's space that's being you know, wasted there. So I listened on Airbnb, which was fun. And I loved the experience of having random people come into my home and, you know, having that kind of interjection of different cultures and conversations. But I didn't like the four hours it took every time to get the entire house hotel ready for a $50 a night guest. That was like, what am I insane to make extra room work for myself? So I stopped doing that. And then one of my daughter's friends was traveling and he wanted to come and stay. And and he wanted to stay a little bit longer and didn't have any money. And I said, well, look, why don't you just help us out a couple of hours a day and we'll feed and house you. So that's really how it started. And then about four guests later, after three, four years, friends started to say, it's a great idea. Where can we find someone? And being an entrepreneur for 25 years, whenever I hear that something is a good idea three times or more, then I start paying attention to it. And that's what we did. So my husband, Harry, and I had a conversation. And after a bit of research, we realized that there was potential in building something around the concept. And that's literally how it started. So the concept started from Airbnb, but you've taken it a lot further. So have I got this right? that I might have a spare room in my home, but in exchange for people who don't have money or can't afford normal rent or an Airbnb, they will exchange some sort of skill or a job around the home or do the gardening or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you put value on my room per night? And just to, I'll just clarify the Airbnb thing. So Airbnb is really primarily a short-term holiday accommodation platform. So if you have a room in your house that you want to rent and you want to be what they call a micro-hotelier, which to me is insanity because that means your entire house has to be spotless all the time. And because it's so, you know, review-driven now, there's really a massive amount of pressure on on hosts on Airbnb to really um, behave like a hotel. Or you can actually rent out an entire house for a short or a mid-term 
So we're not about that. What this is about is there are around 8 million unused spare bedrooms in Australia. Well, there were 7 million, according to finder.com.au, about three years ago. So let's just say there's an additional million conservatively. But look, even if we said 7 million, that's unused space and existing houses. And a lot of those houses wouldn't be the kind of homes that, you know, might go onto a general house share platform to find somebody to share a house with. So there really aren't any other choices for people to think about how they can utilise that space. So in the beginning with the room exchange, we thought there's a number of different ways to kind of value something. You can value it with money or you can value it with time. And so we put a time value on that space and said, well, for people who would like to reduce their cost of living or who would like to save some additional money, and we all have value in our lives to share with somebody else to one degree or another. So it's really about that more so than it is about having, you know, somebody come in and just do the gardening or cooking or cleaning or trying to figure out what that is. So it's really every household is different and every household has a different way that they want to utilise that space. It could be for rent, it could be to get some jobs around the house or it could be a blend of both. So that's kind of where we're heading now. So I hope that kind of answers your question in a sort of roundabout way. So, Lawina, how do you measure the success of the business? And how do you commercialise? I mean, as a householder, I could just go on and do the room exchange in the concept of your great idea. But how do you actually commercialise and grow your business? And how do you measure your success? Yeah, well, obviously, revenues is a, you know, the, the number one thing that people, you know, measure success by. Database growth, obviously, is another. Um, number of people using the platform is another. There's all different ways to measure success, obviously, you know, brand awareness and, and how well your brand sits in the marketplace. And the in terms of the how the company makes money, we are about to just head into a listing fee. So it'll be really simple just to jump on our platform, create a profile, get verified. And that's a key component of us. We're probably the most trusted house sharing platform in Australia because of our verification process. Uh, but once you've done that, which will take maybe about 10, 15 minutes, um, then it's just paying a listing fee. So you just pay to list your um, profile and then depending on what additional features you'd like to have for ease of use, you know, but, but generally most people would only list for a month, maybe two at the max. And then once they've found someone, they go on their way. So it's pretty easy. So basically, I would go on your site, search through everyone who is listed and in the area I'm looking at, then I would make a direct approach to them through your site. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. I'll step you through it. So you can, anybody can just jump on the platform right now and search. When you do search for someone, you'll see a snapshot of their profile, which is just sort of a photo of them, their one-liner location and their age. And But when, if you want to connect with them and you haven't created a profile and been verified, then it will request that you do that. So I need to be verified as well as the person coming into my home. All of our users need to be verified because we need to make sure that any going into your home is going into a home that they can feel has been vetted and verified as to as much as technology can actually do. And you also want to make sure as a household that you've got somebody coming into your home that you know has been vetted and verified as much as technology can do as well. So, and then the rest of it is common sense, but the, the we ha, we've partnered with Digital ID by Australia Post. And so their technology is integrated into the back end of our platform. So when you go through the verification process, everyone has to have a digital ID. We don't hold that information and it's been integrated through, sorry about the jargon, through an API 
Spotify. And once you click on it, then Digital ID opens, a pop-up box opens, and you'll see it's Australia Post. You pop in your driver's licence or your passport number. It has to match the information on, that you provided on the profile on our platform. If it doesn't, then you won't get your digital ID and you can't enter any further into the system or connect with anyone. So this makes sure that everybody has to make a little bit of effort to feel secure that everybody else is going through that same effort as well. And that's what makes it a really unique community, is that everybody has been vetted the same way. And then if anybody has a police check that they'd like to upload, we manually cite that. And then you get a badge on your profile. It's a police check badge. You get your digital ID badge. And we'll be adding further badges as we move forward this year. That's a great idea. Yeah, thanks. Because when you're opening up your home, you're talking a lot about trust, aren't you? Yeah, we actually have more verification than the other major house sharing platforms. So we're pretty proud of ourselves. Yes, good. So I understand you've recently undertaken a pivot in the room exchange. Can you explain that to our listeners and why you did it? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, through conversations that we've had with users and through you know, awareness and actually through the gift of time that we had with COVID last year. I say that for us because that was our experience. We were fortunate to have the time. We took the time to reflect on the conversations, to reflect on our customers' needs and the challenges that, that we that we faced within the company and also the great things that happened. And we thought, how can we get more of the great things? How can we reduce the challenges? And where is the world heading to? And how can we support that in terms of housing? So we've realised that We wanted to, and it was important to give our users more flexibility in how it is that they use their room or use their, or how they want to live. And so we're now stepping into the rental market because the rental market is something that people understand, but we have, we're a trusted house sharing platform. Our profiles make it easy to filter through and, and connect and get matched. But the interesting thing is you can also offset your rent. So if you have, say, the rent for your room in your house is 150 a week, you might say, well, look, how about you just help me out two mornings a week with my kids? We scrap the rent you just put in for food and utilities. Or you might have somebody else who says, well, I actually really need, you know, somebody to buy the groceries, manage the household, you know, just keep it clean for me. It'll take roughly 14 hours a week. How about you just live here for free, do that for me, and then we'll have an arrangement like that in place. So it's completely up to the household, completely up to people who are looking for somewhere to live to create on their profile what they're happy to do. And we'll also have a rent offset calculator on the platform. So you can have, you can actually work out, okay, this is a value of your room. This is roughly how much the food and you utilities will be. This is what I need to have done. And you can put that on your profile and then people who are looking for somewhere to live can have a look at that and go, yeah, that suits me. Or you might just want full rent for your room. Or it might just be that you just want somebody to rent your room for a month. There's a lot of flexibility in our in our model and in our platform that's not actually being offered in the rental market. And we actually really believe the rental market is incredibly archaic. It's still stuck in that, you know, majority of rentals are for one year. You know, the, the one form, which is a digital form that you fill out, doesn't give any personality or face really behind the application. They take whoever is earning the most money. You know, there's even deals being made of paying months of rent up front. And there's a lot of people that, you know, that just doesn't suit. And then you have people who are looking for longer term rentals. I don't know why we don't have that in our rental market. If you have children, for example, and you want to rent somewhere long term, 
why can't you do that? You know, there's just a lot of things that I've been questioning in the housing industry that we'd like to contribute to changing. So this step is a step in that direction. There's a lot of exciting things that are going to be coming after that. But for those who are listening, who are fans of the Room Exchange, there's still the, you can still, you know, use your time to help cover some of the costs of your living, or you can just fully rent. Or, you know, we have people that are of different age groups now as well who are looking for share houses. They're not going to go to a typical house sharing platform where there's mostly young people who are, you know, either studying or wanting to leave home for the first time. They might want to find someone like you or me. Where do they go? They've got nowhere to go. They can go to the room exchange and they'll find a plethora of um, people from various different age groups, different backgrounds, different lifestyles, looking for alternative ways to live. Do you think this is also the right timing for your new pivot for people who through COVID have been very lonely and realise that whilst they might be introverts, that they now more than ever want community and want people around? Absolutely. It's an interesting point you make because I'm looking at, you know, how in the future, how can things change so that we're, we're more underpinned as a society in terms of housing? And loneliness is a massive global issue. And this is only, it's really shone the light on the issue. And we've very much become aware of the need for community, the need for connection, the need to have a tribe around us. And I think the way that we've been living pre-COVID has been so separate and so single focused and single minded. And now we've realised when you have so much time that it's just time to think and time to reflect, you realise how much we all do need people. And, you know, yeah, we can build more houses to house people. Then that's a, that's more effect on the environment, greater impact in terms of costs. There's, there's so much that goes into that. Or we could look at and say, well, you know, if you do have a spare bedroom, look at WA, for example, they, they are begging people to open up their spare bedrooms in WA because there are no rentals available over there. You know, let's look at how we're living a little differently. If you have the space, it's there. You might not be a typical house sharer. That's okay. Come to us. You'll get some flexibility. You'll get different ways that you can choose that you want to live and how to use that space. And at the same token, it can just be that they have the same value around if you're having a typical rental arrangement. So, you know, I think loneliness, yes, you can try it out for a month if you want to see what it's like to live with somebody, to share your space. You can make it really clear that's all you want. And then if you're happy with that, you can extend that. You know, there's just lots of flexibility here. And I, I just think that we need choice and we do need to strengthen relationships amongst each other and you know underpin each other more moving forward. And finally Ludwina what tips can you give people who are currently starting their own business or running their own business? Um, For anyone starting a business I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years so I've had the opportunity to make a lot of mistakes, to fail, to learn, to grow. So firstly, I'd say just start somewhere like we did with the room exchange. We started somewhere, you know, but you need to be, you need to be strong enough within yourself to know, flexible actually, flexible enough to know that at some point that's going to shift and you need to let go of what you think it was. And I remember the moment that that happened for me, it was very difficult. It's kind of like you have this idea when, when of what your child's going to be like and then reality sets in and then you've got to be flexible and kind of shift the boundaries a little bit, right? And that's through the entire process of raising a child. And I look at business in the same way. You've got to, you know, really have great advisors around you, listen, ask for input, listen to it from the right people, be willing to grow, experience the growing pains, know when they're there, give yourself time 
to be introspective and to think. I walk, I swim, I just lay down sometimes and just give myself time to think because you're staring at a screen, you can't do that. Give yourself the thinking time and, you know, get your ego out of the way because it's interesting how I look at, yes, the room exchange is my baby. Yes, I've invested a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of myself and my brand into it. But I didn't actually do it for me. I've done it for the people who are going to use it. But, you know, knowing who you are and owning that and working within that. And, look, I've been working from home for 25 years and now people, it's it's kind of so much fun listening to people discover for the first time this freedom and liberation of it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but there's so much freedom and, and choice within it. But I find myself working more and it's like, so here's my last point, discipline. So you've got to know uh, when to shut off because your phone is usually your work and your personal device. So whether you're on it for personal reasons or not subconsciously, you will feel like you're still working. So I have rules. That, so for example, Facebook app is not on my phone. There's My phone has no notification pings that fire off. In fact, it's on silent all the time. I just text, I check it hourly for text messages or people book a call with me through my e- the calendar inviting my email signature and what that does it allows me to stay focused and that is my very very final point be focused fantastic thank you so much for your top tips very insightful love your model of the room exchange i wish you every success and i'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of today's podcast oh thank you donnie it's been my pleasure Thanks for listening to the Women on the Move podcast brought to you by Behind Closed Doors. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about leadership and professional development for you, visit BehindCloseDoors.com where you can find the full range of memberships and coaching and mentoring options available. This is a Narrative Network podcast.